MSW Media. Thanks to Real Paper for supporting Daily Beans. At Real Paper, no new trees are cut down to make their products. Sign up for a subscription and get 30% off your first order at realpaper.com slash dailybeans or use code dailybeans at checkout. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Tuesday, January 11th, 2022. Today, Fulton County DA Fonnie Willis tells the Associated Press she expects to make a charging decision in the Trump election interference investigation in the first half of this year. Operatives in Arizona and Michigan sent forged slates of electors to the National Archives. Michelle Obama is leading a coalition of organizers to register a million new voters before midterms. And the Supreme Court hands Carter Page his hat, his stupid, stupid hat. (laughs) I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Remember that hat, Dana? My God. A stupid, stupid hat. So stupid. And uh, it's kind of a a fun story. So I I tossed it over to you to cover today. I appreciate it. And some really cool news. Maya Angelou is on the new quarter. I know. That's so great. That's so amazing. It is so great. It's the first woman, if I'm, it is right. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Definitely the first black person. And a damn hell of a a choice. I think it's beautiful. Yes. And I'm still waiting. I'm still holding out hope for the Harriet Tubman 20. For sure. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But that's awesome. Excellent. Good job to the Biden administration on to voting rights. Right. (laughs) Yeah. No kidding. Thanks for the quarter. Let's get some shit done. (laughs) Why don't you take this quarter downtown? (laughs) Buy a rat to gnaw that ward off your face. Oh, my God. What was that? Uncle Buck? Yeah. Oh, what a great movie. All right. We do have uh, quite a bit of news to get to. And then, of course, we'll have the good news at the end of the show. If you have any good news you want to submit or corrections or whatever, you can do that at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. Dana, let's get to it. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. Big news today. The prosecutor weighing whether Donald Trump and others, Lindsey Graham, committed crimes by trying to pressure Georgia officials to overturn Joe Biden's presidential election victory, said a decision on whether to bring charges could come as early as the first half of this year. Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis said in an interview with the Associated Press last week that her team is making solid progress and she's leaning toward asking for another special grand jury with subpoena power to aid in the investigation. And she said, quote, I believe in 2022, a decision will be made in the case. I certainly think that in the first half of the year that decisions will be made. But Willis told the Associated Press she hasn't imposed deadlines on her staff, right? You just don't. You see where the facts take you. And she's urged them to be thorough in their investigation. Quote, we're going to just get the facts, get the law, be very methodical, very patient, and in some extent, unemotional about this quest for justice. In some extent. I love that. Willis declined to speak about the specifics, obviously, but she confirmed that the investigation scope includes, but is not limited to, A January 2nd, 2021 phone call between Trump and Raffensperger. A November 2020 phone call between Lindsey Graham and Raffensperger. The abrupt resignation of the U.S. attorney in Atlanta, that's B.J. Pack, on January 4th, 2021. And comments made during December 2020 Georgia Legislative Committee hearings on the election. So that's interesting. Willis is not alone in investigating attempts by Trump and his allies to overturn his defeat as we know, the U.S. Senate Judiciary Committee released a report in October based on a review of documents and interviews with former officials 
And the U.S. House Committee is preparing to release the findings of its investigation of the riot at the Capitol on January 6th and surrounding stuff, which includes conversations with election officials who were pressured by the former president. And Attorney General Merrick Garland has said the Justice Department will follow the facts wherever they lead to any level. Anyone who participated in the crimes to overturn and subvert our democracy will be held accountable. Willis's inquiry is also not the only state criminal investigation involving Trump. As we know, New York prosecutors have subpoenaed Trump and his two eldest children. They've already deposed whatever that guy's name is in their investigation of his business dealings. So the race is on. Who will be the first to make a charging decision? Is it going to be Manhattan, Fulton County or the feds? We will know soon. And I mean, when I say soon, I mean, as it pertains to complex criminal investigations, not tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Don't, Don't come at me, bro. Willis says she has not yet decided whether to ask the chief judge of the Fulton County Superior Court to impanel a special grand jury. While she could decide whether she has enough for an indictment based on evidence and witnesses who speak with her team willingly, she said that a special grand jury could be helpful to compel people who refuse to testify without a subpoena. Quote, I like investigations to be complete, and so we probably would move in the direction of a special grand jury. And as she has before, Willis says she will not be rushed or influenced by public interest. She says, quote, I just think the public should be patient. You know, go on, lead your lives. Trust that they've elected a district attorney that knows this is a serious issue, takes it seriously, and we're doing our job here. It seems pretty clear to me. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, AG. Moving on, the Supreme Court on Monday declined to review a defamation lawsuit brought by the former guy's campaign official Carter Page against the Democratic National Committee and others linked to the controversial Steele dossier. Now, the court's order was issued without comment or noted dissent in keeping with common practice. Page has appealed to the Supreme Court after his lawsuit was dismissed in the lower courts on procedural grounds. Now, the former 2016 Trump campaign foreign policy advisor filed suit in January 2020 against the DNC and former law firm Perkins Coie in relation to a dossier compiled by former British intelligence agent Christopher Steele. PP tapes. Yep, PP tapes indeed. And there's going to be more if these anti-vaxxers follow this fuck nut. Anyway. <laughs> Drinking piss to own the libs. I can't deal with this shit. All right. Put out, by the way, there is a job opportunity out there, everyone. Yes, I did. I will Venmo $100 to the first person who captures a MAGA drinking their own urine. It's got to be on video. Listen, I know for some of you, it's not going to be worth it. Normally, I wouldn't want to see that. But this time, I would make an exception. $100 in your Venmo. And could you please narrate it as Attenborough or Irwin would? If you could, you know, and here we have in the wild a MAGA drinking his own piss. Like if you could possibly. Oh, I'll bump up to one. I'm sure someone will split this with me if we can get an Irwin narration. I'll kick in. I'll kick in that extra 50 bucks if we, get the, if we get the Irwin version. Oh, my God. Make it stop. Make the stupidity stop, AG. Now, the last paragraph, just the last paragraph of this story. Page alleged in his legal campaign that the dossier, quote, mobilized the news media against Mr. Page, damaging his reputation or whatever the fuck still existed of it and effectively destroying his once private life. No, no, no. Dr. Page, he calls himself. Oh, yes. Excuse me. Doc, Mr. Dr. Page. Mm, yes. Yes. Put that in there. And from Nicholas Wu, Dana, the public focus of Congress's January 6th investigation so far is what happened in D.C. Behind the scenes, the probe's state level work is kicking into overdrive. OK, and we already talked about this with Fani and Manhattan D.A., that state level work. This state level work is the January 6th committee looking into how Trump and the White House pressured state level election of folks, like down to the granular people. 
So the House committee is investigating the Capitol attack. They have gathered thousands of records from state officials and interviewed a slate of witnesses as it attempts to retrace former guys attempts to subvert the 2020 election, particularly in four key states that swung the presidency to Biden. They're getting ready to take their work public, possibly as soon as the spring. The voluminous documents that state election officials have sent the January 6th committee obtained by Politico through an open records request underscore the depth of Trump's pressure campaign directed at the typically lower level administrators of presidential balloting. The emails, text and phone recordings also add consequential context to previously reported incidents such as Trump's call to Raffensperger and Mark Meadows outreach to Georgia election officials. Mainly, the records show state officials trying to either mollify or ignore Trump and his allies without distorting election results or embracing debunked claims of vote tampering. Raffensperger has already interviewed with the January 6th panel, according to Benny Thompson, who praised him as a very straightforward guy in his testimony. And here's the buried lead, Dana. This comes like paragraphs into this story from Politico. As Trump's team pushed its discredited voter fraud narrative, the National Archives received forged certificates of ascertainment declaring him and Pence the winners of both Michigan and Arizona and their electors after the 2020 election. That sounds highly illegal, A.G. It is. Um, Well, in some cases, public records requests show that the secretaries of state for those states sent those certificates to the January 6th panel, along with correspondence between the National Archives and state officials about the documents. So Jan 6 has all this. Spokespeople for Michigan and Arizona secretaries of state declined to comment The office has confirmed that the Michigan Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson and Arizona Secretary of State Katie Hobbs, both Democrats, and their staff have met with the panel, and they did so back in November. The National Archives sent emails to the Arizona Secretary of State on December 11th, 2020, passing along the forged certificates to Katie Hobbs saying, for your awareness, and informing the state officials that the archives would not accept them. Arizona took legal action against at least one of the groups who sent in the fake documents sending a cease and desist letter to a pro-Trump sovereign citizen group telling them to stop using the state seal and (laughs) stop referring the matter. And and then she referred the matter to the state attorney general. The group that forged the Michigan certification did not use the state seal. And it appears state officials there took no further action after the archives rejected it. But January 6th has this. Interesting. It is indeed. And this last story brings me so much joy just because I respect this woman beyond measure. Mm. The former First Lady Michelle Obama said in a letter on Sunday that a coalition of voting rights organizations would register more than a million new voters across the country in the run up to this year's midterm elections. This isn't even for the presidential in 24. This is now. Now, Obama, who founded When We All Vote, a campaign to register and organize voters, also said in a letter that the coalition would organize at least 100,000 Americans to contact their senators, urging them to pass the Freedom to Vote Act and John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act. Election reform legislation is struggling to pass the Senate because they're fuckwads and we've got a mansion cinema problem. As moderate Democrats, oh, look, they just, they call them something different. That's fine. As moderate Democrats are reluctant to change Senate rules and push it through. Now, Obama's letter, which ran as an ad in the Sunday New York Times, comes at the start of a week when President Joe Biden will travel to Georgia to speak on what the administration views as Republican efforts to suppress the vote. I think more than the administration views it as such. (laughs) Biden's expected, he is expected to talk about a support for filibuster carve-out that would allow voting rights legislation to pass the Senate. The push for voting reform is intensifying ahead of the 2022 midterms, in which the Democrats will fight to maintain their narrow control of the 50-50 Senate as Republican-led state legislatures across the country enact restrictive voting laws. 
So in the letter titled Fight for Our Vote, Obama referenced the January 6, 2021 attack on the U.S. Capitol. And this is a quote. One year ago, we witnessed an unprecedented assault on our Capitol and our democracy. From Georgia and Florida to Iowa and Texas, states passed laws designed to make it harder for Americans to vote. And in other state legislatures across the nation, lawmakers have attempted to do the same thing. So Michelle, she, Obama, she compared modern voter suppression tactics to, quote, poll taxes, literacy, literacy tests. I got to get an edit on that. <laughs> no. <laughs> Come on. She hates me, Beans team. She hates me. Fine. Moving on. Oh, that's funny. Enjoy. Enjoy. <laughs> All right. To continue. She compared it to poll taxes, literacy tests, and laws designed to strip away Americans' powers. And she continued to say, saying that we must give Congress no choice but to act decisively to protect the right to vote and to make the ballot box more accessible to everyone. Now, the letter outlined a plan for this year that includes recruiting and training at least 100,000 volunteers through 2022 to register and turn out voters, registering more than a million new voters nationwide, and recruiting thousands of lawyers to protect voters in the states where the freedom to vote is threatened. That last part is beautiful. Yeah, that's... Because you know it's going to happen. Like, way at the bottom of the list, too. Thousands of lawyers. That's so rad. I love it. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for that news. And uh, Literacy. <laughs> okay, let's try that again. <laughs> no. <laughs> My goodness. Oh, it's rad. We don't have an interview today. We're going to be going straight to the good news. We only have one quick break, and then we'll be back. If you have any good news, again, that you want to submit, you can do it at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. And if you want to get these episodes ad-free, you can do that too by going to patreon.com slash wrote. You get all three shows ad-free. I don't know why I said it like that. Uh, because it's fun. Because it's fun. <laughs> ad-free. Ad-free. We'll be, we'll be right. I'm still a little lightheaded from the Rona. So, you know. I think I have a head cold. I don't, if, if I sound funny, everyone, I've gotten a negative PCR, three negative rapids, but apparently uh, this, this thing called a cold still exists and it seems I have one. So that's why I sound like I do. You have a better excuse. You're fighting this Rona. Colds are dicks either way. But uh, like I said, we will be right back after this with the good news. Stick around. After these messages, we'll be right Hey, everybody, it's AG for The Daily Beans. Every day, tens of thousands of trees are cut down to make products that are flushed down the toilet or thrown into the trash and to end up in overflowing landfills. Approximately one quarter of the carbon that humans release into the atmosphere is removed by our forests, making them an essential part of the fight against climate change. So we need to preserve them. Real paper can help in this battle. Real paper is a sustainable product that reduces deforestation and single-use plastic waste. At Real Paper, they make all of their toilet paper and paper towels with 100% plastic-free and non-virgin tree fibers, meaning no trees are cut down to make them. Real developed a premium, sustainable alternative that does not sacrifice quality and comfort to maintain the planet's health. It's a small change that can have a significant impact. Over 250,000 pieces of single-use plastic have been eliminated by Real Paper. That's huge. In addition, each purchase of Real helps fund access to clean sanitation worldwide. The fact that they offer a sustainable option is one of the reasons I placed my order. And I've received it, and it's awesome. Real paper is comfortable, and it's just amazing. It's, it's awesome. I, I have nothing but wonderful things to say about it. And purchasing real paper is a simple, hassle-free process on their website, either as a subscription or as a one-time purchase. All orders are conveniently delivered to your door in 100% recyclable, plastic-free packaging. So if you head to realpaper.com slash dailybeans and sign up for a subscription using our code dailybeans, all one word at checkout, you'll automatically get 30% off your first order. That's real paper, R-E-E-L, 
P-A-P-E-R.com slash Daily Beans or enter promo code Daily Beans to get 30% off your first order. Real paper is toilet paper and paper towels that change lives. And today's show is also brought to you by Allform, crafting high-quality, customizable furniture for your home. Allform creates premium furniture tailored to meet your specs and then ships it to your doorstep free of charge super fast. You can design your own luxury furniture using premium materials with Allform for a fraction of the price. Uh, I chose a three-seater sofa in whiskey-colored leather, and I customized it with walnut legs to match my decor and a chaise lounge at the end. It's comfortable, it's stylish, it looks amazing, and Allform ships fast. It arrives in the mail in just five to seven days, and it's easy to assemble with no tools needed. You can choose from armchairs and love seats all the way up to eight-seat sectionals, and you can start small and add on, too, if your family grows or you move to a bigger house. Best of all, you get 100 days to decide if you want to keep it. It's totally risk-free. That's more than three months. And if you don't love it, they will pick it up for you for free and give you a full refund. And they also have a forever warranty, by the way, literally forever. So to find your perfect sofa, check out allform.com slash dailybeans. And Allform is offering 20% off all orders for listeners at allform.com slash dailybeans. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Well, we'll blow on good news is on the way. So again, like I said, just before the break, if you have any good news, corrections, confessions, find the cat, what the mutt, shit kids say, misheard song lyrics, anything you want to send us, literally, just really anything, seriously, we'll at this it. point. Take yeah, it. We'll take it. Oh, by the way, it is just now the one year anniversary of Charismatic Megaplastics, our episode with the double-ended dildo. We're putting out a short clip of that that will be available on all of our social media. Fantastic. <laughs> oh, that was such a good day. So if you have any, you know, stories like that, of course, you can send it to us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. I will kick us off with a safety correction from pronouns he and him, Chris. Hey, AG, huge beanhead. All right. Heard your mention about space heaters on today's show. After the tragedy in New York, space heaters should be plugged directly into the wall due to the amperage they're pulling being close to the max the circuit can handle. Surge protectors providing more outlets lets you easily overload that circuit with more power pulling devices. Keep digging for the truth. We sorely need to save our future. All right. Good, oh, wow. Good. Two more listeners sent in the same correction. Thank you, everyone. Yeah. Thank you. And I'll just do this other quick one from Shauna, pronoun she and her. For pod pet tax, I offer pretty girl adore or adore, a beautiful girl up for adoption at Placer County Animal Shelter. Remember the A in Placer sounds like Apple Placer, Placer County. Yes, that's correct. We've had a correction on that before. And I look, I failed. Her ID number is A3089088. And she's been at the shelter for 138 days. And she's such a handsome girl. Look she is sweet. Look at that face. <gasps> Look at that sweet baby. I love that blanket too. Oh my it's goodness. Comfy. All right. Okay, the next one. This is from John, pronounce he him, who says, quote, oh, another correction in that whole thing. Don't use a surge protector with a space heater. That's what causes fires. Love your show. Good Lord. What could we have done? I mean, AG, shit. I'm glad that we got the corrections on this. Love your show. Keep it up. Cat tax attached. My girl, Mazzy. Oh, Mazzy. Mazzy star, the kitty. Oh, hello. Cute. You want me to rip this next one out? Yeah. Here yeah. we go. This is from Ellen, pronouns she and her. Hi, AG, Dana, Amy, and all the amazing humans who help with the beans. Three years ago, I started a podcast with a friend to talk about people who have pooped their pants and have a good laugh. <laughs> it slowly morphed into a show about poop, pleasure, and health, and we have learned so much about colorectal health, interviewing doctors and people who have gone through colorectal cancer. Two days ago, a friend who was 
was, oh geez, was pooping blood and wasn't sure what to do. I was able to email one of our doctor friends and they are getting her in tomorrow for an exam. It's brilliant. Hopefully it's just hemorrhoids, but we have all learned on our show, all blood in the toilet or toilet paper is assigned to call the doctor. Our show is called Hey Poopy, and we are here to laugh and learn everything about buttholes. HeyPoopyPodcast.com. Also, for funny swears, when I can't think of someone's name, I refer to them as what's their bucket. Yeah. I also like son of a donkey instead of son of a bitch. First, I love bitches. I am one. And second, donkey is way funnier to say. Mm, Agreed. Your show is my favorite way to get the news. Thanks for being badass women. A note from Kanai, by the way, at Daily Beans Pod follows Hey Poopy on Twitter. Wonderful. Back since the quarantine confessions. Yeah. And you know what? You might have more to talk about if the MAGAs start eating poop to get rid of it. Oh, my God. That's that's the next step, right? Jesus Christ. Or you could just get a vaccine. Oh, my God. (laughs) Next up from Paul, pronouns he and him. A quick addition to the cat gender confusion discussion. Our family had a cat that started out its life as Bridget and following a trip to the vet became Norman. I love these stories. (laughs) No idea where either of these names came from. I think my sister came up with them. The vet told us, that it is sometimes difficult for a layperson to identify gender in a young kitten because the male genitalia takes some time to develop. I think our vet was being nice to us by not calling us dumbasses. No, it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell, even for like people who have had cats their whole lives. And it's, I mean, well, I don't know. Actually, I'm not even going to go there. I think it's easier to see genitalia on dogs instead of trying to find little kitty nuts, but I guess they, they, they're they there and you can see them, right? It's, well, it they they get bigger as time goes on. You oh, know. okay. Yeah. I just like the idea of kitty nuts. Okay, go ahead. I have included a picture of Norman. Not a great picture as Norman left us long ago. We were on the cusp of smartphones with digital photography. He had what Allison would refer to as a man face. Oh, yes, he does. Mm-hmm. That is a cat, man cat face. Oh, my goodness. Real. All right. All right. You want to pop the next two out here? I'm happy to. This is from Anne-Marie, pronouns she and her, dear AG, DG, and Amy. For your viewing pleasure, I give you the long toe bean fluff of the sleeping Ajax. The Nebelung. <laughs> Nebelung? Just because I know you will love it. Is that right? The Nebelung? I think that's the breed, Nebelung. Oh, well, there you go. Or, uh, you know, I had Maine Coons that have the, see how the little fur is coming out between the peats, between yeah. the Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So sweet. This is a beautiful cat. Look at, the, look at the mittens. <laughs> I know. Floof. Oh my God. Wait, look I at that. I know. The second picture of the hair on the back foot is like, I know it's awesome. Inches long. It's like his foot has a beard. <laughs> nice goatee. All right. This next one's from Anonymous. Get well soon, Allison. And kudos, bravos. Who's as to Dana, Amy, and all involved in the producing the terrific and informative MSW media podcast. Good news. I'm 65 and still alive in 2022. Yippee. For pet tags, here's Raymond, AKA Ray, and Mr. Ray. Who would like you to note his handsome stripes, shiny coat, and regal, dignified demeanor? Yes, look at him. Hmm, that is a Ron Perlman man cat face. I like yes, to call it. That is. Mm-hmm. Isn't it? So great. Well, yeah, that is very much a Ron Perlman face. And right on the counter. So it's like, hey, you know what? If you can't beat him, join him. We're just going to feed you on the counter. Totally. <laughs> I like it. And finally, from Marie, pronoun she and her, my good news is that we got our first major snowfall of the winter this week. We got around four or five inches of snow by the time the storm finished. This counts as good news in my book because I got to stay home all day on Friday and drink tea and hot chocolate and watch the snow fall outside through the living room window and feel content for a change. When I finally went outside to shovel out my car, I did see some of the neighborhood kids outside playing in the snow and yelling and horsing around like kids do, and I felt happy. 
Watching the kids who live across the street from me playing in the snow and behaving like kids just felt normal, you know? No pictures this week, but I did just want to thank you, Allison, Dana, and Amy, and everyone who's involved with making the Daily Beans podcast. Did you see, thank you, Marie, did you see the snow shoveling wife? Oh my God, that guy got <laughs> ratioed the fuck on Twitter. Some jackass was like, my wife just got off a 12-hour shift at the hospital, and now look at her. She's she's shoveling, you know, the driveway, the driveway covered in snow. Oh, I'm so something lucky. I'm going to go make her breakfast. And holy shit, this guy got ratioed. You got to find the tweet. <laughs> so good. Someone actually said I would misery my own feet. Yeah. If I if I ever posted something like this on social media. That I think is my favorite. I would misery my own feet. It was like, just the most brilliant statement if you've ever seen the movie, the movie Misery. Oh. I hope I hope I get to use that at some point in the future because I'm totally going to see I would rather misery my own feet. But, Absolutely. Because that's just so... But I need to wait like two years until everyone forgets about it. Oh my God, so funny, so good. Uh, hey, you want to go to that party? No, I would rather misery my own feet than walk <laughs> into that place. <laughs> Oh, and then they show her she she's just practicing and they they take her with the shovel and put it at a grave, a grave site with his name on the gravestone. <laughs> oh, my God. So good. But what a uh, moron. The replies. Uh, and I'm glad he never took it down because it, it needs to stay up. It does. Yeah. indeed. I mean, at some point you're like, I'm just going to leave this up because what a dick I am. <laughs> he maybe he did it on purpose, but I doubt it. You know what I mean? I think some people would do that just to get everyone going. But some people just don't realize you look like a jerk. <laughs> so amazing. The replies were so great. I, I actually was able to pull like a couple of memes off there that I'm going to use from now on in other situations. Like Fantastic. there was the, the the frog of 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 Twitter. If this frog gets more likes than your post, you lose or something. <laughs> you just, I just love it. Oh, my goodness. All right. If you have any good news corrections, uh, thank you for those safety corrections. Holy majoli, I had no idea. And I actually now am p- unplugging my space heater from a surge protector. because. Oh, my know. God, please. I didn't know. I feel like we should take that out of yesterday's podcast. Uh, oh, that's not a bad idea. So it doesn't continue to spread misinformation <laughs> for the people that didn't hear the correction. That's a great idea. Yeah. Uh, let's see. if we You fancy. But anyway, thank you so much. You want to send anything and you can do it at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact Dana. Yes, dear. Any final thoughts for today? Not for today, but thank you for asking. All right. Well, everyone tune in tomorrow and find out if Dana has any final thoughts. And until then, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. And don't plug your heater into a surge protector. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for the Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com.